What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are now tuned into the In Game Grind podcast, the only gaming podcast where both participants you can hear their audio clearly, and there is obviously music in the background. There were no editing errors. This is episode 18. We are now legal. We could buy cigarettes, die for our country, and uh, vote. So yeah, go do that. Um, before we get into it, uh, oh, as always, I'm joined by my friend, my homie, my future Gundam uh, hoarder. Chris, tell the people what's up. I'm not a Gundam hoarder. Yeah. I only have, um, no, yeah. I'm only going to have like four. That's what they all say. But um, uh, it's really hard to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you haven't found a shop that sells them secondhand yet. Well, because like um, Anime Pop sells them, but like. Hey. That's it. Hey, two words, play Asia. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I got two more words for you. Sold out. <laughs> For now, <laughs> but uh, I before we get started, I actually do. Um, uh, there's three things. Uh, number one, uh, I would like to apologize to our listeners. It came to my attention that episode 17 uh, did not have my audio uh, present and did not have any music present. I accidentally uploaded a pre. Or a uh, a pre-edited version of what it was supposed to be. Um, that's my bad. I'll, I'll try to do that again. But if you're listening to this right now, uh, episode 17, the fixed version, also went live simultaneously with this episode. So you kind of get a double this week. You can listen to this episode and also go back and uh, hit up episode 17. Uh, second off, we are trying a new thing, as you may or may not see. Uh, now we have to remember that there's two different demographics of people who can see us and people who can't see us. But uh, we're trying out the video version. We said we were going to try and do it for episode 20, but we are going to try it out right now just so I can see how editing works and how it'll look and everything. So for right now, uh, this is what it is. This You might see this. You might never see this. We might just be talking crazy talk right now. But um, yeah, and, la- and third, um, the third thing is we... Uh, our upload times we used to always say are between 3 and 5 p.m. Central uh, time. It is now one time, one flat time. It is 4 o'clock Central time. 4 p.m. Central time, the in-game grind podcast will drop. Again, it is de- it is delayed for Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure why. It just takes longer to get cleared on that, pla- on that particular platform. No biggie. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, which I looked at the analytics, 18% of you are, uh, just wait, um, wait like a day or two and it should be there. But Spotify, Anchor, everywhere else, uh, every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central will be live. Okay. All the obligatories are out the way. Uh, Chris, what have you been playing lately? Uh. Ooh, you know what? I've actually been playing uh, No Straight Roads. What um, is No Straight Roads? So No Straight Roads uh-huh. is a music-based action RPG. Okay. Um, I put uh, some music in it in our Discord a while back when it was still being talked about. But um, it takes place in this city called Vinyl City, wow. where the hottest music is EDM. So, like, all of the bosses you're fighting is EDM. All the music you're fighting, you're listening to is EDM. Um, And you're two rockers trying to take over the city. Like, bring (laughs) back rock to the the masses. And so, all of your fights, all of the enemies, they're all music-based. So, like, if you're following the beat, you'll know when the enemies are going to 
going to attack. Right. Uh, you'll know when to deflect or parry. You'll know when to dodge out of the way. Um, but it's it's a sick game. Uh, I find myself just enjoying the music more than anything. Um, okay. And you can go back and play the bosses on like a, a harder and harder difficulty. Is this on uh, Steam? Uh, no, unfortunately. Is it, on it is. Uh, it is on fucking Epic. It is on Epic and consoles. But I got it for my PS4 because oh, I wanted okay. to play on the big screen. Okay. Uh, I don't support Epic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, all I, my homies ate Epic. I haven't been playing anything. I've been playing. Jamie. Uh, Jamie has been playing Spirit Fair. How? Uh, oh, the the yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we got to our first Passover, and uh, that broke her. Legitimately <laughs> broke her. She is in shambles. <laughs> uh, she is in actually. It's a uh, in jambles. Wow. I, I can't yeah. wait to watch my girlfriend curl up into a fucking ball and wither when she gets her hands on Spirit Fair. She's going to love it. I guarantee you. No, she, love no it. she will. She cried at the trailer, so I can only yeah. imagine what playing the actual game would do. Oh, um, it hurts. I, I haven't been playing anything. I've been getting back into Magic, updating my commander decks and whatnot, but that's that's neither here nor there. What we do need to talk about today is, um, honestly, my feelings on this topic has changed many times since it first came aware but uh just to shine some light on it just give some context we need to have a conversation with with the folks over at ubisoft uh unless you've been living under a rock or just don't quite understand the internet perhaps you're charles barkley um basically (laughs) over the last week um ubisoft has released their new game or has released a trailer for their new game, Tom Clancy's uh, Elite Squad, which is essentially supposed to be a mobile game that focuses on a team up from agents from different um, Tom Clancy titles, like The Division, Rainbow Six, Splinter Cell, all of those of the sort, right? And it seems, you know, whatever, you know, it's a, you know, it's a shooter. It's a Tom Clancy shooter. You get what you get. Well, unfortunately, the trailer released and, um, well, uh, the concept of the game is that the world is in social disrest. Masses of people have taken to the street to protest everything that's going on. And there among the protesters is a dark organization known as Umbra that um, is apparently using these protesters and social disrest to try and basically break down the governments of the world as we know it and rise to power. Now, sounds like a pretty generic, uh, sounds like a pretty generic uh, plot point, but uh, the only issue here is if you actually watch the trailer, which actually you can't do anymore because they've already changed it, but uh, the trailer Oh, I found a website that had the original trailer. Oh, we got receipts for days. The internet does not forget. Like, you (laughs) can change it all you want, but the internet does not forget. But, um... (laughs) That's easy. But, um, apparently, uh, the trailer, and I might, I'll put a clip in it if I could find it right here, but, uh, for the visual people, but, um, it's, it's straight up, the, the symbol for the organization Umbra is straight up the Black Lives Matter fist. It's that stylized, angular, black fist that's just raised up. Like, they didn't even try to, like, 
differentiate away from the original it it looks like a one-to-one comparison and the only difference is that it's not surrounded by a white circle <laughs> yeah it's got a white outline yeah yeah and, and uh and also the name umbra or the word umbra rather in french means blackness and shadow which and for those who don't know, Ubisoft is a French developer company. <laughs> come on, guys. How that pass I mean, Q&A. I, so, you know, I obviously this kind of is a very tone deaf trailer because anyone can go on Twitter, watch the news or look outside and see what's been going on in America. Well, I can't. I, I, I was about to say what's been going on in America for the last couple of years. It's been going on in America for about the last 450 years. It's been televised and publicized for the last uh, five or so years because of technology and, you know, all of that. But um, this ain't it. Uh, Chief called. Uh, he immediately contacted me back to let me know that this is in no way, shape, or form it. So uh, I... Before I say how I feel, Chris, how, what, what what's your diagnosis on this, man? How you feel? Bruh, like, it's disgusting. Because it's, it, it's wrong. Like, it... There's no correct way this could have gone. Like, no one... No one in the freaking uh, office was like, oh, let's go ahead and run the, uh, let's run that trial trailer before we ship it off. And no one went, mm-hmm. are you sure that we want to run it this way? Like, <laughs> like, I know there's been so many things going on in America. Hell, there's been things going on around the world for this thing. But it's just like, it's so blatant right that it's that you think it's almost satire <laughs> right <laughs> like it, you're like maybe it's like oh maybe it's a joke but they're like no this is um this is actually the final draft and it's like wait you mean this is what's going out you mean this got cleared oh no <laughs> i I have so much to say, so I kind of I want you to say like legit whatever you got to say, man. Like I don't like I, the funny thing is I was actually looking at this. Um, I heard about it because like the um, the trailer, the like animated trailer came out for it right. a while back, and it looked cool because I love Tom Clancy's games. Um, I play Rainbow Six. Um, I enjoyed the Splinter Cell games. Um, I'm I'm still playing Division Two. Right. Um, so I was excited when there was another game. Uh, I think it's cool that Ubisoft is working on a different platform. Uh, even though um, mobile gaming right now is uh, not well received, right? Um, but um, I was gonna, I was gonna play it. I thought the premise was cool enough. But once you saw that trailer for the first time, I was just like, ooh. Ooh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't right. know if I can support this. And it was it was just bad timing, all honesty. It was like bad timing, bad bad uh representation. Um, I really feel like that should have been on the QA floor just a little bit longer. But now, I mean I don't I don't know how many of their team is black. 
or I, I you know of color. Ask, I was about to ask when we first saw this. The first thing you said was this would this wouldn't happen if you hired some black folks. And I didn't know that. I, I don't keep up with Ubisoft games. I really don't. But um, apparently that's like a thing. Like Ubisoft doesn't hire black. Like I I don't want to say it's a thing because I don't want to like incriminate or whatever. But apparently it's very hard to get hired at Ubisoft as a. Uh, as a black person, do, do you have any claims behind that? I, I just never heard that. I, I, I don't know. Like, my thing is, like, how many French people are black? A lot. Because, like... A lot. <laughs> that's So that's my thing is, like, so how is it, how is it difficult? I mean, they like, do have a North American division. Yeah. I mean, here... I just, I just feel like there's so many ways this could have been Prevented. remedied yeah. to not come out like this. But I feel like it's the French office that does, like the Montreal. I think it's Montreal. Yeah. I think like the Montreal office does like a lot of the big thinking. Yeah. And the other smaller offices just do like the licensing and the um and the uh, localization. Right. But it's just still like, come on, come on. This should have been a bit more. Uh, like looked at i feel like this wasn't i feel like this wasn't well thought out and the fact that they just immediately they're like oh crap um yeah we gotta take this down we have to change everything and it's just y'all wouldn't have to do that if you just checked it the first time you, you know what kind of irks me about this remember <clears throat> a couple months ago around the time of the george floyd killing where like it, we had that one weekend where like it seemed like every corporation in the world that in some way shape or form was putting out like hey we stand with black lives matter hey we you know we stand with black lives matter we stand with our customers and things like that and mm -hmm. a lot of and a lot of people in the gaming world specifically were kind of like pick a side you know because Obviously, um, when Square and we, we had an episode where we talked about like what companies say that and we actually believe them. Yeah, you know, because we said that like when Square Enix says it, we fucking believe, I believe them. them. When From Software says it, we believe them because they also double back on Twitter and they're like uh, on their Bloodborne page and they're like, hey, uh, we noticed people are unfollowing us after we said that we care about everyone. And we think that black people deserve to be protected and treated fairly. And if that's the way you feel, fuck you. Our game wasn't for you in the first place. Like, that's double tripling and quadrupling down on the fact. So I, they, they don't, where they stand is not a secret to anyone. I say all this to say, Ubisoft was definitely one of those companies that went out and it's like, hey, we support Black Lives Matter. We we care about we care about you know black people and we feel they should be treated you know equally and fairly and, and justly in this country. To turn around two months later <laughs> and drop a trailer where you are basically vilifying Black Lives Matter as some dark organization, and like you said, right? This had to be this was in development. This wasn't like a teaser trailer. This game has like walkthroughs. This game was coming out. Like this game was made. Like this that like they came out and said on September 1st we're going to change the trailer or we're going to change remove the fist from the trailer, right? And it's like you can remove the fist from the trailer. That doesn't change the overall premise of the game. Yeah, like no, they haven't changed the thing of the game. Like the game's still going to roll. They just ain't going to have that black fist. And who's to say it's not just in that little opening trailer? Who's to say the black fist doesn't stay? 
throughout the rest of the game. Now, of course, on Twitter, you're going to have anything that has to do with black people being treated fairly is going to have a healthy dose of whataboutism injected into it. So, of course, people are about what about in 1917, where the fist originated as a sign of just general solidarity and industrial power, industrial strength and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's 100. You're 100 percent correct. Like historically, yes, the fist has been a universal sign for solidarity, but I challenge people like they're saying, maybe this doesn't mean the Black Lives Matter fist. Maybe this is just a fist in general. And I'm like, well, you just said the fist has always been a general sign of solidarity. It, seem, it still seems kind of weird to use it as a sign of an overall underground evil corporation or, or just in, or, uh, or underground evil organization plotting world domination. It looks kind of weird, right? And of course, on Twitter, it was also defended. And this what I'm not going to say his name because, you know, reasons. But I would like to read this tweet. Uh, but they are, they are evil hiding behind social good. And he put it in quotes. You should, um, you should delve into what happens to your money when you donate to black lives matter. Although it's pretty clear. You're one of those angry internet rage types who can't be swayed. It's information that can't really be disputed. Educate yourself. Now would also like to point out that this week we had to deal with the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman. And this individual who just quoted the quote I told you commented under Marvel Studios tweet announcing the uh, unfortunate death of Chadwick Boseman. He responded with a simple, nobody cares. Black representation goes one of two ways. It is either to build up or to tear down. There really is no middle ground. And, um... I've been on the fence about how I want to approach this on the podcast. Cause like at first I was like, ah, it's fucking Ubisoft, man. You can't make, you can't make a game like Watch Dogs 2 with a black main character that takes place in cities like Oakland and San Francisco and San Bernardino in California and put that much attention to detail in one game and then come out and be like, oh, uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Origins, right? That's the one with Bayek, right, in Egypt? Yeah. It's like, oh, you just made a game basically delving into and based off one of the most historically and one of the most historically enriched countries in all of Africa. To turn around and do something like this, I feel like that's kind of like a oopsie-daisy, right? Like, it's easy to just say, give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, hey, this is just in poor taste. It's poor timing. I don't really want to say that it's racially insensitive. I mean, it is racially insensitive. Fuck. Uh, I mean, but I don't think that was their intent at first. I didn't think that was their intent. And just to get a different perspective from somebody who had no context to the situation, I sent that trailer to my dad and he watched it and he called me back and he was like, Hey, that's some fucked up shit. And I was like, what you and I was like, I, and I told him, I, I broke the whole thing down to him. Like, you think I should give him the benefit of the doubt? And he says to me, Jay, it's been our job to give them the benefit of the doubt for years. And it's a one way street. And I'm like, damn, you're not wrong. Because look at what goes on in this country, right? You have people like Jacob Blake get shot. Just my just walking back to his car, turns his back on a police officer, gets shot seven times in the back, right? Now paralyzed from the waist down, right? Everybody and their mama. He's a criminal. He had a warrant. He was a he was a rape suspect. 
or maybe he shouldn't have resisted. He was fighting. People making up shit. We have the video to show he's not doing that, chef, that stuff, right? Oh, he was fighting back. He tried to fight the officer. He was reaching for a knife. He might have had a knife. And it's all the police officer who, who shot him said he didn't know he had a knife. But everybody on Twitter, he was reaching for his knife. He had his knife, stuff like that. The uh, the public, um, uh, the police department in Louisville, Kentucky, had Breonna Taylor's ex-boyfriend in custody and tried to get him to agree to a plea deal if, if he admitted that Breonna Taylor in some way, shape or form had something to do with his criminal activity. He shot that shit down. He's like, he, she didn't even know. She didn't even know. And the only reason they wanted to do that was to get some type of dirt on Breonna Taylor to sully to her name. Her. Exactly. To vilify her. George Floyd. Oh, well, well, he was a drug addict and he used the counterfeit $20 bill. And that equals death? Man, I see $20 bills counterfeit in every job I've ever handled money. Like Everybody I'm, has one. You don't know what you don't know what's counterfeit until someone else checks it. And then you you immediately go to the guy down in Kenosha. I, I don't I don't know his name. Honestly, I don't really care to learn his name. The 17-year-old white kid that goes down to Kenosha and kills two protesters and uh, kills two protesters and uh, injures another. Oh, he was protecting himself. Oh, they were attacking him. You know, oh, are we not going to talk about how a minor got his hands on a gun and traveled 40 miles to protect businesses that he doesn't even have any stakes or ownership in. He just wanted to get into something, but we don't talk about that because he's, you know, you white, you know, we, we, we always talk about Dylan roof. We always talk about Dylan roof of how, Oh, well, I mean, you know, they, you know, <laughs> I mean, he got did what he did and walked out of there. Got a, got a happy meal out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many, bro, how many times do you go on Twitter and you see, like, a video of some white person doing some GTA shit, like fighting police officers, hopping in cars, driving them around, threatening to kill them, waving knives, waving guns, and absolutely nothing happens. All the damn bro, time. Bro, I've seen it. I've seen it in a house. It's so, And it starts so small when you see a white kid or a white boy call their parents by their first name. And you, and you just sitting there like, they're just like, uh, Nicole, get out of my room. I'm hanging with my friends. You are bothering us. Tyler, we, we don't take that language. And you're just sitting there like, Hey dog, I just wanted to play some video games. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like, in this he's like no it's cool she's gonna leave i will fucking kill you if you do not leave but in like and that and that thing just it was just like it would just let it slide and that's that goes back to like you want us to always give the benefit of the doubt but the doubt but we never get it we always got to give it but we never get it you know what i'm saying like anything that happens any anything that happens in terms of like police brutality racial injustice anything like that there's always an ocean of people who want to vilify someone and I, I i joke about it like it's kind of morbid but i joke about it like should i ever unfortunately meet my end due to police brutality what they gonna say about me nigga the worst thing the law got on me is a speeding ticket in 2016 coming home from college 
Like what? Are, uh, did I deserve to die because I had a late return back in like 99 returning Sonic Adventure Battle 2 late to Blockbuster? And that means you can kill me, the cosmic kill me in 2020? Like I got a C in algebra, that means I deserve to die? Like what are you going to do? Like what are you going to do to vilify me? Like how stupid is it going to look when you try to vilify me and I ain't done shit, right? Like you, you can't point out injustice without pointing out literally how people are willing to be completely obligatory to everything going on just to like vilify someone and coming back to like tom clancy i can't speak on this because i like i said i have not played a tom clancy game before rainbow six uh tom clancy games in their context tend to be a little bit uh, a little bit fascist in a little way you know military might good social uprising bad you know just you know in general i look i'm not gonna speak to that that's just a perspective that i've seen thrown around but what i will speak on is i find it kind of ironic to all these people like keep my po keep politics out of my video games please really the guy that just pre-ordered call of duty cold war wants politics out of his video games shut the fuck up cold just, war is there have are been, you fucking serious there have been there have been politics in every there like for okay i don't want to say there have been politics in every fucking video game because that's not true however in this specific genre first person shooters call There's of duty politics all up in there call of duty battlefield rainbow six csgo bruh all of them all of them it's politics how can you play a game about RB operations and say you don't want politics in your video games? That doesn't make any sense. So I find it ironic when, and we both said it, when everybody was speaking out and they shut down the Call of Duty servers for a couple of hours in honor of George Floyd. Oh, we knew. Mm -hmm. we, we, we knew the internet was going to be a fucking cesspool until them servers went back up. And they were. People were like, how does this change anything? Me not being able to play my video game won't bring Floyd back. Me not being able to to shoot a M16 through somebody's fucking cerebral is not going to bring George Floyd back. Same thing with the NBA. Not How is boycotting a basketball game going to bring anybody back? It's because it puts the spotlight on what really needs to happen because you never really understand how in a first world setting, which we all are in, or most of us are in, we have so many distractions. I have a $3,000 gaming PC in front of me. That's a distraction. This phone in my hand is a distraction. Like this TV is a distraction. We have so many distractions available to us. So it's easy for when you don't have to deal with these issues to distract yourself from it. If you don't want to see NBA players with Black Lives Matter and say her name on the jersey, you just turn the channel. If you don't want to see your favorite video game publisher talking about Black Lives Matter, you can play a different game. If you don't want to hear your favorite artist talking about Black Lives Matter, you can listen to a different song or you can listen to a different podcast. If you don't want to hear us talk about it, you can listen to a different podcast. The, uh, the, the, real is, the reality of the situation is, if you're tired of it, imagine how we feel. Because we, we can change the channel and all of that shit too, but we can't take the skin off. When we go outside, we still black. When a police officer pulls us over, we still black. Anytime there's any situation where we feel like we could be the victims of some racial injustice, we are still black. We can't turn that off. We can't turn that off. 
And a lot of people do it mentally. Like, hey, I don't see myself as black. It's just, it doesn't matter. Go ask OJ. It don't work like that. Go ask Sammy <laughs> Sosa. It don't work like that. Nope. You still black. And that that's why it, it kind of cuts a little deep when you see people like, who fucking cares? And shit like that. Because you have an option to care. You know? It's like, oh, you're just being a social justice warrior. Nigga, you gotta be a warrior to deal with some of this shit. It is physically, mentally, and emotionally draining to have to wake up every day and it's like another person that looked like me got killed and nobody gives a fuck. It could have been so me. It's, it's exhausting knowing when we're grown, when we're growing up, we're told a thousand rules before we leave the door. And like the last one is come home safe. Yeah. So all that being said, I would like to ask the question to Ubisoft. How many, how many people okayed this before it came out? Because this tells me one of two things. Either you don't have black people in your company that are making these decisions. Cause you, look, you could have black artists. And you can have black designers, you can have black coders, but these are people who wear hell. It's already tough as it is to get a position in the gaming community or get a position in the gaming business. But to be a person of color and get a position like that, you probably ain't gonna be too, you probably ain't gonna be gung-ho on speaking out against things like that. If they're losing your job, especially if you don't know if you'll get another opportunity to make money to feed yourself and potentially your family. So anyone on those lower levels of this, I'm not gonna, I'm not really vilifying them or saying that this is their fault. My question more so goes to the people where it's like, damn, nobody in the office thought this was a bad idea. This shit wasn't on the internet 30 seconds before somebody thought this was a terrible idea, but it made it through all these different levels of uh, R&D. Like how, how is that possible? Like nobody, like nobody, right? Like you, you, you go and research Oakland and San Bernardino, all of that, Egypt, all of that shit, but you couldn't research 30 seconds on Google and know what was going on in the world and know that this probably wasn't it. Like I, that's <laughs> just like all it would have taken was one person one to say, I don't know about that. And that should have shut it down because in that QA, in that quality assurance, there has to be, I I personally feel to have the perfect quality assurance, there has to be one person from every possible uh, walk of life or like uh, ethnicity of some kind so they can see it from every single possible angle. Right. Before it gets shipped off, because if a, it all it would have taken was one black person in that office would have been like, so we're gonna pause it right here at ten seconds. Yeah, that's a black <laughs> power fist. Now, if you're making them the good guys, that's cool. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. You bring up a good point. A lot of people on Twitter were like, we haven't played the game yet. Like maybe, maybe this is a switcheroo, right? Like maybe this is a Bioshock Infinite. Uh, situation where the whole game seems kind of like it's one way but in reality it's really it's really that way to shine light on what's going on 
you know, what's really going on in society. And maybe this trailer was supposed, maybe this trailer did what it was supposed to do. Maybe it was supposed to generate buzz. Maybe it was supposed to get people talking. But I know that it's not that because as soon as you got that pushback, you changed it. If you were confident in making a stand or a point, you'd have been like, no, we're not going to change it. If you really feel that strongly about our game, I suggest that you play it and see what we have to say. You didn't do that. You changed it immediately because you realize you goofed up. Yeah. I like I said, I, I, I don't think I can give Ubisoft the benefit of the doubt on this one. Like I hope they I hope they do better. I and here's a question I want to ask you, because you're more you're way more familiar with their games than I am. You're you're you play a lot of this at you're very opinionated when it comes to Assassin's Creed. You are mm-hmm. a big Watch Dogs fan, especially a fan mm-hmm. of Watch Dogs 2. Uh, you do play Rainbow Six and the Division, so you you pretty much and you uh did you didn't you play uh Mario Rabbit's Kingdom? I did, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, so you you are very much you are way more qualified to speak on Ubisoft than I am. So I'm gonna ask, how do you feel about people saying that Tom Clancy games in general are a little fascist, and how do you feel about other titles like Watch Dogs where it's seemingly the exact opposite? Like, do you feel like there's not a lot of continuity, or do you feel like they're two I, completely different universes that need their own different context? I feel like they are their own separate universes that need their own separate content, like continuity situations. Because with Tom Clancy with the Rainbow Six, that's that's espionage. Right. That is that is tactical espionage. That is government espionage. That is you're trying to figure out what the other people are doing before they figure out what you're doing. Right. Watchdogs, mm, smaller scale. Right. It's city based. Um you know assassin's creed that's really just jumps through history um but with something like this especially with something that is so heavy in government values like rainbow six and uh and the division is an interesting spot because it's a little bit in the middle um because the division takes place in either wash i think the first one took place in washington no the first one took place in new york the second one takes place in washington um and there's sleeper cells everywhere right so there's all these people designed to help out uh when something when you know shit hits the fan um i feel like that's a government thing but it's very interesting to see you have a colorful game like Watch Dogs show that you're supposed to fight for the little guy. Right. And even in Watch Dogs 2, Watch Dogs 2 was very adamant about showing it's like, yo, we black. Like, it's different. Yeah. Like, but to see something, something like this, because I never, I never really got into the Splinter Cell games to see like how like fascist it could be, or I just saw it as a government stealth game. Right. Not, not Metal Gear. And I never saw it like that. Especially with like fucking uh Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six was so just shoot the terrorist. Uh the same thing with like CSGO, shoot the terrorist. Right. But uh I never felt like I was being targeted in those games, you know? Yeah. Like you never felt like the black the bad guy was the black guy. But this this is different. Yeah. It is. Like like you can't go from being historically accurate egypt to historically accurate 
uh, Greek or right. Greece to historically accurate Vikings to 2020 Umbra. They're in the underground. They're trying to take down the government. Right. You know, they're starting riots all over the place. You can't, you can't do that and think that's okay. Like right. you can't, that you can't look at that and be like, oh no, this makes sense. Like, this is also a great time to like educate people on, you know, in the wake of everything that happened last week with Jacob Blake and with uh, Elite Squad and everything. Saturday night, it was about three thirty in the morning. I was like half asleep. I roll over and Tsunami's on. And Tom from Toonami, who has been a voice in my head since about 2002. That's that's also Steve Blum. The uh, Spike Spiegel. Of, yes. He is also, uh, I forget my man's name, but he's one of the pilots in Logic's uh, album, uh, Incredible True Story. Yeah, he's also in um, uh, Everyday Music Video. Yeah. And I... I find it like when you see these white celebrities come out and be like, I got to do better. I got to take responsibility and things like that. It's like, it don't really. <laughs> it's, Bro, why uh, is your white person <laughs> sound like that? Okay, but. <laughs> Yugi, it's my job to obliterate racism. White lightning. Wait. I mean, <laughs> but, um, but, um, it, it hits different when somebody that you have known as like your gateway to anime right because like as a black person i can tell you in 2020 you see how accepted it is to just watch anime how you could go out in public and wear an anime shirt and nobody say nothing to you or you can have an anime sticker on your car or it's like cool you got people making these whole waifu cars and stuff like that being black man 10 15 years ago like in anime you were weird you were excommunicated you were viewed as somebody who was just weird weird for just liking something that other people didn't even give an opportunity to understand right like everybody watched toonami everybody watched dragon ball z everybody watched uh you know naruto growing up and my girlfriend we were talking about this. She said that like Tsunami is like what showed her Inuyasha and Sailor Moon. Some of her favorite animes of all time. Dragon Ball Z is what got me started. I love Tsunami. Introduced me to Gundam. Introduced me to Big O, Cowboy Bebop, and all types of things. But Tsunami gave me a love for something that has literally not only cultivated over cultivated a love for anime that has grown and like expanded over the years which is also the thing that allowed me to meet the person that I love and I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. So I will always have this sort of appreciation and thanks for Cartoon Network and Adult Swim for kind of just being the telescope to my childhood because it's almost like every chapter of my life, Cartoon Network was there. So on Saturday, when, it's, when I sit up there and I see Tom from Toonami, talking about how black lives matter and look directly into the fucking camera point into the fucking camera 
It's a you matter. He didn't say black lives matter. He said you matter. He said black lives matter. And he looks at the camera points and says you matter. That hit different. That hit fucking different. It hit different because it's so exhausting. In the words of Doc Rivers, coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, it's so hard to love this country knowing it don't love you back. Mm -hmm. So to see something that you love, love you back like that, like Tom did, that hit different for us. The reason it hurt, like this man said when uh, Marvel announced that Chadwick Boseman passed away and he says nobody care. We care. We care because that's a level of representation that we don't always get in cinema. We, we never thought. We, we never thought even again. possible in cinema. Because you look at this man. This man did all these iconic roles with colon cancer. Didn't say a goddamn word about it. Because he knew that the work that he was doing in these movies was important for the future. Black Panther, 42, Get On Up, like London Bridge, all of this stuff. He wanted his legacy to be the fact that he can show that it can happen. And a lot of people were getting on these parents. I don't know if you saw this. A lot of these people were getting on these parents about recording their kids crying over Chadwick Boseman passing away. And uh, well, like holding Black Panther uh, mm -hmm. toys. And yeah. stuff. And a lot of people were like, that's fucking weird. It's not weird. It's not fucking that's, weird at that's all. A child's, that's a child's hero. It, it, just, it goes to show you how deep and how important representation is. Because yes, little kids like superheroes, but it hit different when that when superhero, superhero looks, looks like, you. like you. Is a reason people love Black Panther. There was a reason we grew up loving Static Shock a little more than we like Superman. There was a reason we grew up liking Miles Morales a little bit more than we like Peter Parker. There's a reason for that because representation is so important in media and representation, proper representation of black folks is something that you really don't get too much, especially in the comic book scene when it comes to cinema. Yeah. And I just, I, representation is extremely important. And we're not asking to be forced into everything. I'm not saying every superhero has to be black. I'm not saying every game character has to be black. We talk no. about, we talk about quite often how we feel like there's a difference between inclusion and assimilation because Overwatch having a legitimately a uh, queer character or just an LGBTQ plus character is one thing being designed that way and that being their intended purpose was to be designed that way but just coming out and saying oh by the way soldier gay that's that's two different things one is inclusion one is pandering yeah we don't want to pander to anybody we just want to seat at the table to be able to tell our stories and look the way we look without people having to you know tear us down vilify us and invalidate our being that's all we ever wanted Games like Tom Clancy's Elite Squad, narratives like that, are what works against that agenda. And I know that's kind of a niche, uh, I, I know that's kind of a like touchy subject to say agenda. If people that look like me not being shot in the street, killed unjustly, is called an agenda, well fuck it, that's my agenda. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. It's as simple as that. And you can hit me with all the what about is you want. Look, man, if he was a child rapist 
and he had a warrant for his arrest, you know what you do? You arrest him, you cuff him, you read him the, the Miranda rights, you put him in the car, you take him back down to the station, you either give him a lawyer or let him contact his, you, induct a, you, you conduct an investigation, send him to a trial of his peers, and they will decide his fate. You can't be the judge, jury, and executor. No. Before he even gets in the car. I, it, it this is just one of those situations where, you know, I know, I know a lot of people are going to be like, it's a fucking game. Like it's, it's something that can be changed, but it's like, it's not so small because when you think of it this way, you know, a lot of little kids nowadays have phones yeah. that are iPads that are, uh, you know, galaxy notes where they play these, these are their games. They don't get consoles. They just get a new app on their phone. And if this is where it starts, where they see, you know, the Black Power Fist or the Black Lives Matter Fist, a villain symbol. And that's how they're going to grow up thinking it is, unless their parents say otherwise, which unfortunately ain't the case. How long have we been fighting the good fight of video games do not make people violent? <laughs> ever since the rating system, man. Ever, ever since Mortal Kombat hit Super Nintendo, we've been fighting that fight. How this is like this is a quick point because we're running out of time, but uh, 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 this is not only this not only halts the progress of the Black Lives Matter movement. This also halts the progress of video games because let's say that this game comes out and let's say it inspires someone god forbid let's say this inspires someone to go out find a protest and shoot that bitch up like like that other dude did just the other week in kenosha let him say oh i did it because ubisoft's tom clancy's elite squad said this is what we're supposed to do because they're evil not only well, you have to deal with the backlash of your racially insensitive game being racially insensitive. You're also going to have the video games cause violence people on your ass. You're going to get two for one. And I don't really think that's a fight you really want to be fighting, especially, especially if the opposing side has someone's dead loved one on it. Yeah. Ubisoft. Personally, if I never play one of your games or buy one of your games again, I can live the rest of my life happily, but that's just me personally. My advice to you, hire some black folks that make decisions to make some decisions for you and be a little bit smarter about your marketing next time. You got anything else to add, Chris? Do better. Yeah. Like, we have stories to tell that aren't from behind bars yeah. that aren't from the grave that it's too often that our voices are silenced for little to no reason, a fake reason, not even our reason. You can't, you can't spread things like this and think it's okay or back up because it's like oh i guess the crowd didn't like that yeah like you can't you can't just let that slide it it hurts it hurts a big fraction of people 
Yeah. And it's hard enough waking up, look at the news, you see another person down. You see Chadwick Boseman pass away, Kobe pass away, man. Throw the whole year 2020 away. John, all John Lewis, one of the most historic and most accomplished civil rights activists of all time, passed away. Fight for like, us in Congress. Passed away. It's hard. You know what's funny? Uh, this is my last point uh, before we leave. So I saw a thing where uh, you know a black person came out and it's like, yo, uh, can y'all stop using MLK as like a... Stop using the, MLK as an example of how you want us to protest. You killed him too. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, yeah, I saw damn. That. Damn, that's different yeah. because it's like every white person is just like you know like all these like all eyes matter like won't you uh, act like MLK and it's like so you want us to stand on the balcony so you can shoot us from there or what? Yeah, like <laughs> I. Hey, you know who posted like, that? Hmm. His son. Damn. His son posted that on Twitter. <laughs> that's crazy. And I love, bro. I love how people don't realize, like, bro, Martin Luther King kids are like fifty. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not ancient history, bro. Like your grandmama was alive when that happened. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> don't like hell. Your your parents was probably alive when that happened. Well, maybe not some of y'all. But no, but it's just like that wasn't 400 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, come on, bro. There, it's like there are people on this planet right now that remember him. Yeah. Like, they were like, oh. Including his fucking children. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's stuff like this that show, you know, as, as hungry as a majority of this country is ready for change. The people that hold it back are the ones that keep us from doing what we need to do. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. It sucks. Cause like you and I, like we gotta, we gotta do a checklist. We gotta make sure everything's in the proper place. Yeah. On top of wearing a mask, <laughs> like just to go out, do what we need to do and make it back home in one piece, in one piece. Like for a while, Jamie wouldn't let me leave the house. She still won't <laughs> leave that. Let me leave the house by myself because yeah. because she feels that if she's in the car, she's the blocker for me getting shot. Yeah, I should have my wife be my body blocker. Yeah, that's not cool. No, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's not the wave. No, that's not, not the wave. Like we. We have gone through too much for too long. Yeah. To let a mobile game come out and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, they still the enemy. Yeah. And, and, and like, and you think it's okay. Like we 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 do too much. Yeah. We've gone through too much. We're still going through too much. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of this. Yeah. Hell, I remember when I first got my dread started, my dad was reserved about it because he's like, bro, I don't want, I thought he, I thought it was because he wasn't going to like the way I looked. 
He was like, dog, I didn't want you to get dreads because I don't like the way that a lot of white folks vilify dreads as being a gang thing. And I never wanted you to get caught up in all that. And I'm like, that's fucking insane. My hair. And that's and that's how crazy it is. That's how that's how many rules we got. Like, like <laughs> it sucks because like for a white person, for a white guy, they just go to school. Yeah. They're only looked at weird. When they roll up in a trench coat. Yeah. Now, like, now, now, look here. That you sitting in your home right now with a hoodie on. You can't yeah. do that shit outside. Nope. I can't. I really can't. That's why I'm doing it in here. And then it's cause... like, oh, oh, uh, you know, yeah. I put thirty rounds in him, but he had his hoodie on. I don't know what he wanted to do, nigga. I was going to Seven Eleven. It's just, it's look, man. I, I don't want to I don't want to have this episode be too long, so I'm gonna cut it here. But look, I'm I'm gonna just let y'all know, man. Like, just pay attention to what's going on in the world, and 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 be the change you want to see in the world for whatever that means for you. Check on your black friends. Check on everybody. Check on cause... check check on your people, man. Like, check on everybody. Go vote. Wear a mask. I, that's it. <laughs> I, like that, literally, do all of that, you be all right. But I'm gonna tell you this, man. I know that we're a gaming podcast, but and I know talking about this stuff might make some people uncomfortable. But honestly, I don't fucking care because if just hearing it makes you uncomfortable, imagine what living it feels like. And I don't, I don't say that to be brash, but this is what I mean. It's in gaming. It's in everything we do. And the only thing or the only time you will see change is when you demand it. That being said, whether it be gaming, art, music, politics, everyday life, whatever you want it to be, be the change you want to be in the world. Go vote. Wear a mask. Stay safe. This has been the in-game grind podcast. As always, if you guys enjoy the conversation, you want to catch up on, uh, you want to catch up with us and you want to like, um, I want to stay up to date of when we drop again we drop every wednesday 4 p.m central time also make sure you go follow us on twitter at in-game grind pod and make sure that if you listen on spotify or apple Podcasts or anywhere uh that podcasts are available make sure you give us a follow like subscribe to us also you can subscribe to us on youtube at the in-game grind podcast but all that being said, this has been episode 18 of the Ingram Guy Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Till then, later. Take care. <laughs>